This is the Nostalgic Future Podcast, where the past is the only way forward. We're two guys in our 40s watching the world pass us by, and we know the only way we'll ever be relevant again is to somehow convince everyone to be as passionate as we are about our pop culture obsessions. We are your hosts, Joe Cook and Chris Marchand, and today is part one of our 2023 Pop Culture Resolutions. It's a new year. Do you feel like everything's begun again? Do you feel it? Oh, the sun's a little warmer. The the flowers are are brighter. Everything. It's it's. I feel born again, Chris. It's uh. It's a. Uh, it's it's that time of year, and and I feel a sense of resolve. Uh, you know, for this to be this is going to be the year, Chris. This is going to be the year when I I I check off all my resolutions. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose that fifty pounds. I'm going to. I think I'm going to start, I'm going to start rowing. I think I'm going to row. There you go. Yeah. A year from now, you'll be like, hey, Chris, I just rowed 25 miles. You know, you'll be down, down, what's that thing, that, that lagoon you told me about that they, they call a river? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have, uh, we, I live right off the Indian River, but it's not a river. It's a lagoon, as you mentioned. And um, I, I have a theory that, you know, they discovered this thing and they went, wow, look at this huge river. And then they named it. Then, you know, centuries later, somebody came along and said, you schmucks, this is a lagoon. And um, so now they ch- it's the Indian River Lagoon. There you go. Well, you know, listeners might be, you know, completely baffled. What, what is this episode about? Has this turned into a geography podcast? Actually, everybody, we are here today to offer our pop culture resolutions. Joe, you already kind of delved into your general life resolutions. Some of the big ones, right? Exercise, losing weight, you know, things with family, places that we want to go. But these are our pop culture resolutions. You know, one thing I was thinking about, we today will be creating our future rabbit holes. Don't you think? This is what we're going to be doing with these resolutions today. I do. And I think there's also a question that we're going to over the next year be able to answer. And that is, you know, these are all things that we want to do. Like nobody wants to go on a diet. Nobody like wants to like, you know, <laughs> exercise more. Like the resolutions we're throwing out, this is kind of fun stuff. I want to find out over the next year, is it going to be just as difficult to keep resolutions for things we actually do want to do as it is to, you know, keep the resolutions that we don't want to do? Yes. So for me, you can maybe speak for yourself. These are little fun things that are kind of bothering me. They're in the back of my mind. Uh, they're not major life changes, but they're they're things as far as the music, the film, the books that I've wanted to enjoy that I just haven't, you know, gotten to them the way that I wanted to. So in, in a way, I, I guess I would say it's similar to like losing that weight where it's like, oh, I know I need to do this. I'm going to make the right change. And uh, we're, we're excited to be able to offer this to you today. And And you know what? We hope maybe to inspire you as well. What at the end of the at the end of every episode, we give you the opportunity to to give us some feedback, uh, email, Twitter, all those things. We want to hear from you. We're interested. What are your pop culture resolutions? Yeah, absolutely. Come along the, on this journey with us, and maybe just maybe 
you know, next January, you'll be able to say to all your friends, hey, I kept all of my New Year's resolutions. Yeah, what will it say about us if it's next year and we're like, yeah, I I didn't do any of that. I what 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 would you say? You know, we 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 gave in to our to our you know our weaknesses and made no changes. And that's the thing. By doing this episode, we necessarily have to come on next year and have kind of a rundown of like, okay, well, how well did you do on this one, and how did you do on that one? And so, in a sense, this podcast is a, is a form of accountability for us to do all these there fun you go. things. <laughs> You know, the funny thing about these things, at least, I mean, you can speak for yourself. Uh, For me, a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about are already sitting there looking at me, right? They're already in my house. They're already readily available for me. It's not as if like, this is going to be hard, right? The problem is, and, and, and I have this as a pastime, I sometimes just like to look at my bookshelves and go, huh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's I I remember that book. I bought that seven years ago, never cracked it open. And I just love looking at books, right? I love like feeling like I'm living in a library, whether it's vinyl, CDs, books, DVDs, whatever it is. I just like living that way, but I, I don't always get to it. So so what we're talking about today is, is making a pledge of this is the things that we're actually going to get to. So you want to just dive right into it, Chris? Uh, I would what love is- to. Yeah, there's not there's not going to be any new segments today. We're not going to do any of our fun normal segments. We just want to give you our resolution. So yeah, you want me to go first? Yeah, well, yeah. What's your your first resolution? What's your first pop culture resolution? I actually, I, you know, I feel like I'm a you know show and tell time today. It's just like you know you know I'm going to share all my things today. Th- th- my first one is this: I pledge today, I, I resolve to read at least one of my musical biographies that I've bought. Read a musical biography. The reason that I chose this one, Joe, is that it's getting a little bit ridiculous over here. And, you know, I, I am surrounded by by beauty, by the inspiration of great musicians and all of these books. I mean, like, what am I doing? Right. What am I doing with myself? Um, I'll show you one here that I got here just for Christmas. It's oh. Bono's autobiography. Did you buy that one? I have not got that one yet. No, I did. Uh, I did okay. a copy of Dylan's uh, new book. But I right, not- Dylan's new book. Well, hold on, hold on a minute here. Now, with this Bono biography, I think this might be number one on my list because it's like new and people are talking about it. There's some buzz about it, and I've heard that the audiobook is really good. And I just think I've done it a couple of times where I've actually sat with a book and read along with an audiobook as I read the read the book itself. And I've heard the audiobook is just really kind of something special and interesting. So I'm jumping around the living room of Ten Cedarwood Road to the sound of Glad to See You Go from the Ramones Leave Home. You gotta go, 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 goodbye. Glad to see you go, 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 goodbye. It's 1978, the day of my 18th birthday. That might be number one on my list, but we'll see. We'll see what's doable, right, for me. But but again, for, you know, I hey, I know some people don't like Bono. He's a bit much. Um, th- there was actually an article when this book came out. It was in the Atlantic, and the article was called "The Too Muchness of Bono." Did you see that one? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you know, it's, it, and a lot of the article was like focused on just like you know, in many ways, Bono is a larger than life figure. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're like Bono, he's talking about what, what's Bono? 
It's the lead singer of U2, one of the most famous rock bands of the last several decades. Well, Bono can tend to rub people the wrong way. He's too much, the too muchness of him. But you know what? I like the guy. He gets a pass. When you said, who's this uh, Bono guy, it reminded me of a story. The uh, the late Phil Ramone, a great producer, Phil Ramone, uh, produced uh, Frank Sinatra's duets album. This is, you remember that big <laughs> album in the 90s? Yeah. And, I, what I remember is, isn't there an SNL skit about that? Uh, like we're like there is yes <laughs> with uh, Phil, with Phil Hartman I think yeah right um, yeah yeah he's like he berates everybody right he's like just going off on stuff yeah let's keep it moving Steve who's oh, next good. we got Bono from you too <laughs> how you doing now Mr. Sinatra as a child my mom played your songs all the time in the parlor don't write me a book kid <laughs> all right well I've written a special song for us it's about how technology is ruining humanity and complicated. I've got you under my skin. One, two, three. I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart of me. Take it, share. So deep in my heart, you're a part of me. Bring it home. You never can win. Tell them why. Because I got you. Under my skin. Under my skin. All right, how's that, Steve? Great, Frank. Okay, next tune. See you, kid. Good job. Oh, I, I really, I, I think I could, I could do it a little better if we did it a second time. I'm 93, baby. When you're pushing a century, there is no take two. <laughs> Get out, bozo. But there's, uh, there's a duet. Uh, I think it's "I Got You Under My Skin" with Bono, and the the, the great story uh, was when Phil Ramone suggested to Frank Sinatra that he do a song with Bono. Sinatra got irate and and got really <laughs> pissed off and, and and was offended by it, and uh, that's because he thought he was talking about Sonny Bono. He had no idea who Bono was. <laughs> you know, you can't blame the guy. You, you get to a certain age, and he's these kids you know what are you gonna what are you gonna say okay you mentioned this one earlier uh i do i did buy, buy this is another gift uh the 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 philosophy of modern song which i hear isn't exactly a philosophy book and it's just you know old bob mr zimmerman his uh ruminations on all of his he what did he select like 40 favorite songs or whatever it is it's, it's a lot of songs in yeah here. like 60 and, i think uh, i think it's 60 60 yeah yeah, I haven't started it yet either. I'm looking forward to it greatly, greatly. I actually just started that book this week. Um, and I'll tell you what I'm doing with that book. I'm actually reading like one of the essays every week with my son. And we are listening to the songs and we're having discussions about them. And it's really cool because honestly, I mean, you know, half of the songs in the book I'm not familiar with. And my son is probably not familiar with 90% of them. So it's uh, just kind of, I thought it would be just a cool way to introduce both of us to some new music. And, uh, you know, you can't go wrong, you know, when your music teacher is Bob Dylan. Okay, so you know the song from his recent album? Uh, what is it called? I can't remember his last last album. He has a song on there, though, called I Contain Multitudes. You familiar with that song? Love it. Yeah. I play Beethoven sonatas. Chopin's preludes I contain multitudes I love the latest Bob Dylan album even though I can't remember it's the a, name of the title It's a great record uh, Rough and Rowdy Ways There you go, thank you uh, 
I think this book, Philosophy of Modern Song, is evidence of how Dylan contains multitudes. Because if you really had the time, you could go back and listen to his theme time radio hour episodes, of which he has a multitude, uh, which is it's a great show. It's probably still available in certain places. And then in recent years, he he actually probably a lot of people don't fully realize this. He wasn't releasing his regular songwriter solo albums, but instead was going through the American songbook. And so like the multitude of, of, of things that you could cover if you had the time. I mean, this, this is how rabbit holes work, right? This is how we get our obsessions. You listen to those Dylan albums where he's doing covers of old songs. You listen to the theme time radio hour. You read the book. You make sure you go back and listen to all the originals that he's talking about, right? The original songs. I mean, this could be the rest, the next year of your life, Joe. Just that, right? You could just spend almost all your time doing that. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because part of what I'm doing with my son is it actually involves that. Though we haven't started yet, we are, the plan is to listen to an episode of the Theme Time Radio Hour every week along with the essay. And oh, that's uh, fun. And what I want to mention is that they are available. If you go to themetimeradio.com, all the episodes are archived online. Welcome, everybody, to Theme Time Radio Hour. It's good to see so many familiar faces. Stopped off downstairs, got the latest gossip from Carl's Barbershop. I see they slapped a new coat of paint in the lobby of the Abernathy building. And I'm happy to say, the coffee at Sampson's is as strong as it ever was. Yes, indeed you do. I could not be happier to be with you today. Even more so because today's theme is something the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence guarantees us the pursuit of, along with life and liberty. You guessed it. Stick around and for the next hour, we'll be listening to songs all about happiness. I can't promise I'm going to make you happy, but I'm going to do my darndest. But we didn't listen to the first episode of it yet. I'll tell you what we did um, this week um, before we got into the book we listened to bob's nobel prize speech oh that that okay it's been a while but yeah i remember i remember listening to that if i was to go back to the dawning of it all i guess i'd have to start with buddy holly buddy died when i was about 18 and he was 22. from the moment i first heard him i felt akin i felt related like he was an older brother I even thought I resembled him. Buddy played the music that I loved, the music I grew up on, country western, rock and roll, and rhythm and blues. Three separate strands of music that he intertwined and infused into one genre, one brand. And Buddy wrote songs, songs that had beautiful melodies and imaginative verses. And he sang great. He sang in more than a few voices. He was the archetype. Everything I wasn't and wanted to be. I saw him only but once, and that was a few days before he was gone. I had to travel a hundred miles to get to see him play, and I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, I had never listened to the whole thing. I had listened to maybe like five or ten minutes of it. It was great. I mean, really, really great. I just, you know, and and you, you hear like especially these days, like it's very seldom that you know Bob really opens up. Um, you know, every few years there might be a great interview or something in the New York Times or or whatnot. I think he d- he did one a few years back. I think an, an AARP of all places that was a great interview. Yeah. Um. Actually, there's a recent one with Wall Street Journal for the re- release of this book. A really really good interview. And you know, he he went like 
full into to whatever is his faith these days, which uh, he's like, I, I'm full on apocalyptic. I believe in the second coming, you know, like, <laughs> like he goes <laughs> off, you know, and then he starts talking about TV shows that he hates as well. So, you know, it's actually a really good interview. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Chris, um, this particular resolution, and I, I don't want to steal your thunder. I want you, I want to hear more of the books that you want to dive into, but uh, this is a resolution. It was not on my list, but I think I may join you on this resolution because I have a growing stack of music biographies myself uh that i uh have just you know because like you said you see this and you go oh this is this is great i, I can't wait to read this and then you never get around to it and then you see yeah. the next one and you grab that one and i probably have like a like probably like eight or nine music biographies on a shelf they've got their place <laughs> of honor for these books i've never read <laughs> and uh yeah. and so yeah i think I, i'm gonna join you i'm gonna try to get i'm gonna try to knock one or two of those out there you go yeah, let me know how it goes. Yeah, what Go what, what else you know? What other ones have you uh, been holding? Oh, on to? Well, this one is particularly like when I look at it, I just my heart breaks because I don't know why I haven't read this yet because it just would make sense for me to do so. It's "I Me Mine" by George Harrison. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, I need to read this. I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. What's what is wrong with me? What is? <laughs> I, I I'm what's, jealous because I don't even own a copy of that. My mother in law gave it to me, and I just thought. Well, what am I doing with my life, Joe? What's going on? You know, so really maybe this one should be number one on my list, but but I'll probably do Bono first. So that's the one that John Lennon was offended by uh, because George didn't write about him in it. Like I kind of I think he snubbed John in that book. There are certainly a lot of pictures in it. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff in here, like the the way that the you know, like there's letters and, and you know, you know, journal entries and there's there's lyrics and stuff anyway. That's one book. Uh, here's a quick one. Uh, the band Arcade Fire. I have this been sitting on my shelves. I've read portions of this over the years. Here are two different books, though. Here's two different books. This one is really cool. And uh, I know you're not really into this, but this is um, a book that came out last year. And it's the artwork from Radiohead's Kid A album, Kid A and Amnesiac. And what they did was they went into all the design and conceptions of the various artworks that they did for the album. So this is like a fine art book with um, some, some explanations in it, right? So every now and then you'll get some like, you know, here's what we were doing, like notes that they took and stuff. So, I mean, it's a, it's, if you like Radiohead, I mean, it's just a, it's a beautiful book. It's kind of like one of those books you'd find in a museum, you know, like, and you pick up the artwork of Van Gogh or something like that, except this is from, from an album, right? So this is another one of my music books. Well, I noticed right away that the artwork's beautiful. I, I wasn't familiar with that. Is that the album yeah. cover? This is the album cover for Kid A. And there's just it's just full of artwork, all kinds of different artwork. And it's it's fascinating stuff. So there you go. There's that. And then I have one more. Uh, another beautiful book, big coffee table book. And uh, it's the Beatles Get Back. You know, did you get that one too? I, you know what? I, I never got that either. And I actually have, I have to say, I have probably six or seven Beatles books uh, on that shelf. I have a few too. I have a few too, yeah. This, this book is maybe slightly unique in that it's dialogue from the get back sessions, from the from the filming. So it's just kind of a different style. It's not a full-on biography or an assessment of the album. It's more of just like fly on the wall type stuff from the recording session. So anyway, I, maybe I'll get to it someday. We'll see. That sounds similar to the, um, I think they did a companion book for the Beatles anthology back in the 90s. It was, I think, somewhat similar to that. It was like a lot of, it was a dialogue, but from the interviews that they did for the anthology. 
one I haven't gotten to, I guess it is certainly Beatle related is um, I've had for a while now is the um, the Philip Norman uh, biography on Paul McCartney, uh, Paul McCartney, the life. Uh, and that's one on my list. Uh, I have another book with the same name. It's Paul Simon, the life by uh, Robert Hilburn. Uh, and I've uh, one I really want to get into. And then I've got a couple autobiographies um, that I, I have just not gotten around to. And that's one because it's huge. And that's Springsteen's autobiography, Born to Run. It's just, a, you know, I can tell that's going to take some time. And it's a lot. You know, I got to spend a lot of time with Bruce. And so uh, I got to be prepared for that because, you know, and you mentioned like uh, artists. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine last week. And what you were talking about, Bono, we were talking about Bruce. And, and my friend was telling me, he goes, you know, I love Springsteen. I love him. He goes, but sometimes he's a bit much. <laughs> and I think. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he has a similar kind of personality. He's like, okay, uh, uh, Bruce, uh, you know, you can go home now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you've been here a lot. You've been here enough. Um, the other autobiography, I, I picked up a copy of Elton John's autobiography a while back. Um, but, you know, there's there's a couple books that aren't even music related that I really want to get to. And uh, one is Norm MacDonald's book uh, based on a true story. Um, I, I've, you know, had that sitting on my shelf for a year and I need to uh, get around to that. This is kind of actually what we're talking about in some ways is the the celebrity biography or the artist biography which like i don't read a lot of to be honest i'm reading novels i'm reading uh you know th theology and historical books and stuff like that so it's kind of fun like it's a fun world to dwell in i know that you have other biographies as well i mean are you ever going to get to oj <laughs> yeah well you know that's it but that's signed by oj i've got to be really careful with that because it's it's literally worth tens of dollars chris <laughs> yeah uh you know i will read the signed oj book one of these days i i will i i don't know like if i can take that much narcissism right now but i will get around to it at some point um <laughs> uh, what anything else well you know i have a beatles biography too a really big thick one i, I think the author is uh bob spitz is his name oh yeah i have, another, I have a billy joel yeah the big it's a big it's like 800 pages thick I have a Billy Joel biography that's uh, I can't find. It's in a book, uh, a box somewhere uh, in our garage, which which I'll eventually get to. Is but. that the uh, Fred Schreuer's book with black cover? I think I, I think so. That's yeah, all, that's it's a really nice biography. That's on my shelf. I've never read it. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? A, a couple of years ago, I like you know one of those like you know book sales that library has a bookshelf. I I, I got a big encyclopedia compendium of country and western music it's like this big thick book uh and, and i and i you know it's it's stuff like that where it's like just sitting there and i'm going you know you know bury me with these things i want i want to i want to read them when i'm dead <laughs> you, you know what speaking of library you know what book i picked up uh, at a library like two days ago and this has been on my this has like been on my list for decades to read and that is uh the the late shift by bill carter you familiar with that book yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I've not read it, but I certainly know of it. Yeah. What do you know about those books? So it's the, the chronicle of the uh, battle between David Letterman and Jay Leno for The Tonight Show. I've read the sequel book, which chronicled the um, the Conan O'Brien Leno fiasco, but I've never read the original. I've seen the movie a couple times, uh, but I've I've always wanted to just sit down and read the book. And I found it for a buck. Uh, you know, uh, at my local library a couple days ago. And so I said, you know, that's a book I want to read this year.
Yeah. So isn't that the way things go? I would totally read that book. At the same time, I'm never going to read it. I'm, I'm just not. Because of all the books I just listed to you right now, it's like, well, you know, I'm going to make my choices. I'm going to I'm going to read all these beforehand. And isn't that something, you know, yeah. uh, but but so it goes. So it goes. Joe, I'm interested. What's what's your first resolution? OK, Chris. Uh, so, well, I know you're a big vinyl guy uh, and you have been for years. I have only started getting into vinyl a little bit over the last maybe five years or so. And I've never gotten really deep into it for a couple of reasons. And the big one was we've moved a lot over the last few years. Uh, and we also like, I, I didn't really have a good turntable. I had like, you know, one of those Crosley suitcase things and uh, just, you know, but it's one of those things that I've wanted to do. Well, um, late last year, I got a, a, I say new stereo. I got a, like a, a vintage Curtis Mathis from 1980. This thing, this thing's older than me, but I love it. It's a really cool system. And it's got a, it's got, and it, it has an, a working eight track player in it and a cassette and a nice turntable. And so I have over the last couple months, I've really started getting into vinyl much more than I had. And I'm really enjoying the heck out of it. And so my resolution is this. I have a bookshelf in my living room and it's this it's one of those like cube things, right? Uh and it's got eight cubes and they fit vinyl perfect. And right now I have just about two cubes filled with records. And that's about all I really have. I don't have a ton you know, and each cube fits maybe 75, 80, roughly, you know, that many albums. My goal, and this is kind of an ambitious one, I think, because and also because it involves money, <laughs> is I want to work toward filling up that bookshelf with vinyl this year. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off, but I want to fill all eight of those cubes with vinyl. And I have sort of a plan of how to do it. What's the plan? My plan involves lots of used vinyl, <laughs> for one, uh, because, uh, well, one, I, I, I do buy new records on occasion, but you know full well, it's not a cheap hobby to buy a lot of new stuff. So every now and then I will buy a new record, but I am, even aside from records, I'm a big thrift store guy and I'm a big like antique store. We have like two antique malls right here in town. And we have uh, several thrift stores and I make the rounds multiple times a week just to see what, you know, what new is in for whatever. Uh, but so lately I've been going straight to the vinyl section and our antique mall has, uh, well, both of them have two really nice areas that are just filled with tons of vinyl. And uh, those are great. They're a little bit more expensive, but you can get really good deals and so I kind of go in and I can find stuff, you know, good records for under 10 bucks, pretty, you know, you know, often find something. The thrift stores is tougher because, I mean, typically speaking, what's your experience when you go into a thrift store and you look through the vinyl? Yeah, it's, you know, Engelbert Humperdinck or something, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, you know, it's like, no offense, I kind of, no, I no, like no, Herb Alpert. I've seen Engelbert live. <laughs> Oh, there you go. You know, hey, yeah. you know, so it's always something like 
50 country and western tunes and it's it's some bland cover and you look on it and it's just like who put this together it's just it's like compilations and burl ives and independent southern gospel that you've never heard of you know people it's like you know like things that you're just like where does this stuff come from i actually had one person one time contact me and said you should go to the local goodwill there's some really great records there and I did. It was, it was great. I got a got a stash of records. But yeah, most of the time it's like, you know, they're half falling apart. They're, you know, they're brown and yellowed and, you know, cracked. <laughs> and that is the thing. So when you do go to a thrift store and and they have a ton of them, you you really have to dig through them. And you could be in there an hour digging through all the vinyl to find one record, maybe two. So we have a record store in our town, a really nice one, but they don't sell new vinyl. They're a used record shop and they're, they're an amazing place, but at times it could be tough to look through everything, right? You know, like just to to find what you want. Yeah. Because they, they try to alphabetize it, but they don't always get it, you know, perfect. And so you got to dig through everything to find something. And then they have the cheapo section. One time I regret it. Um, there was a, an Art Garfunkel record and, and it was for it was for one dollar. And for some reason, I just didn't get it. And I, I kicked myself uh, for it. The Art Garfunkel solo record. <laughs> I, I I have an Art Garfunkel solo record that I picked I up at a thrift store. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it the one with him sitting with a woman at a table or something on the cover? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it's like kind of bluish gray. You that's, know? that's the yeah. I, I, what was the name of that album. Is it Breakaway? I think it's it's the record that has the song, the, the yeah. Simon and Garfunkel reunion song on it. My Little Town. that song not really see i should have got it okay well there's there's a there's a good one for you You gotta go listen to that song that's the only simon and garfunkel song that was a hit after they broke up um in 1975 they did a reunion released it as a single and that song is on art's album and on paul's album that year same song um no that's nice it's it's sweet isn't it uh and then they went back to hating each other. But exactly. For another, for another five, decade or two. Then they had another five or six years. And then they then they loved each other again. Then they hated each other again. And then, you know, and so on. And so yeah. they, they they hate each other now, right? I think. And they, have they settled on remember. that? I think they've settled on a, on a permanent hatred. But uh, is that what it is? There's, you never know. There's always hope. They'll reconcile on their deathbeds. They'll die on the same day. <laughs> because they are, yeah, because they were, you know. Like they're like the Joker and Batman meant to be together, yeah. right? Um yeah, yeah. thing about thrift stores though, I'll say this to you. I think maybe it's partially because of the music I was exposed to growing up. The reason thrift stores work for me uh as well as they do is because I kind of like a lot of music that you find in thrift stores. Not all of it, but you know, I don't really I don't need 10 Ray Conniff albums or or the Percy Faith, you know, singers. But I do like some of those artists. And like, so I'm going to I'm going to show you now a few of the things that I've picked up. In fact, I picked this up this morning. I was out this morning, ran in. And this is a box set here. The uh, best of Perry Como. Now, I love Perry Como. Grew up listening to Perry Como. We always had a couple of his albums in our house. Papa loves mambo. Mama loves mambo. Look at him sway with it, getting so gay with it, shout no lay with it. Wow. 
it, it's a really nice set. It looks like they've never been played. There's six albums in here. This is I like I told my wife when I got home, I said, I, I have all the Perry Como I'll ever need right in this box. Yeah, exactly. What more do you want? You know, it, yeah. exactly. And I also got one of uh Mario Lanza, very similar box set there of uh yeah. I don't know who who is that. Oh, you're not even familiar with Mario Lanza. Kind of a very dramatic Italian singer, uh, very operatic in his uh, delivery. Now, but I say that, like, you know, like I also picked up like some interesting, like just records here. There's a, you know, Johnny Mathis, greatest hits. Um, this one here, uh, I'm, I was excited about. I played it when I got home. It's great. It's uh, Joey D and the Starlighters. Uh, you ever hear of them? They, uh, they had a song called the, Pepper, no. the Peppermint Twist in 1961. Uh, well, I might've heard that. I might've heard that. Yeah. This is the the album that that song was on from 1961. The album's called Doing the Twist, recorded live at the Peppermint Lounge. And uh, anyway, all that to say, there's a fun little fact that I think you will get a a kick out of about Joey D and the Starlighters. I've, and I heard this many, many years ago, and I, I kind of wondered if this was just an urban legend. So I actually looked it up today to see if this is actually true. And sure enough, it is true. Um, now... Bear in mind, I want to preface this by saying these two people are not on this record. They did not record with them. But at various times in the 1960s, both Joe Pesci and Jimi Hendrix played guitar with Joey D and the Starlighters. Um, I'm having trouble believing that. So that I'm amazed. That's that is quite an amazing factoid. It is. That is your fun fact of the day. Now, Chris, I'm going to blow <laughs> your mind, though. And this is why this is why I keep going back to thrift stores, because this morning, this uh, they have this big, big shelf filled with records. And on top of the shelf was sitting a couple records. And I just grabbed to see what they were. And I pulled down these. Oh, wow. So huh. uh, I'm holding two copies of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Now, I, I looked it up, and uh, I know one of them is a 1976 reissue. And inside, um, I can find it. In, this is really cool. Inside, there's this sheet that uh, came with of, like, different cutouts. Um, yeah, I've seen that before somewhere. I, I I think my mother-in-law has a new copy, you know, like one of the, when they remastered Sgt. Pepper's a few years ago, I think that came in those new ones. So that's neat that you have like almost an original version of it. And uh, anyway, what, what I'm going to tell you is that I, um, I paid a quarter each for these copies of Sgt. Pepper. <laughs> what is going on? Do they not know how to sell their records? I have to tell you, normally, I mean, I, I had to pay um, $4 for the Perry Como box set and a quarter for Sgt. Pepper. So somebody probably wasn't doing their job. Those could probably go for 15 20 at least, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I'm thinking mm -hmm. like, 
usually like when they know like something is good, they'll price it up a little bit. Typically mm-hmm. speaking, like records are, you know, 50 cents to a dollar. But like if there's something good, they almost always stick a sticker on it and put like five, eight, ten dollars. Um, this one, these these slipped through and I, I walked out with uh, with Sergeant Pepper today for a quarter. So I, I'm pretty happy today. And so my goal is to just go from thrift store to thrift store, you know, like, yeah. you know, from one town to the next, like Dr. Richard Kimball, you know, toiling at, at my many jobs of digging through records. And uh, and I need to fill up eight cubes. Uh, I, I need about 500 records. I figured out. But that's my goal this year. We'll see how I do uh, with it. That's amazing. And I know you've also tried the $5 record club. Yes. Right? You know what? That's something I really did want to talk about. So thank you for bringing that up, man. And by the way, we are looking for sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, right? if, you're, if you're listening, $5records.com. No, I, and I want to preface this by saying these guys, they don't sponsor us. But I do want to talk about it because I think they're awesome. Have you been to their website yet? Yeah, I checked it out. Yeah. I've done a couple orders there. There's this website. They I think they just launched about a year ago. It's $5records.com. And it's exactly what it sounds like. They sell tons of records and they're all five bucks. But the cool thing about it is I've ordered four and they've all come in great shape. They've all played perfect. And every record you buy from them is guaranteed. So if you get it and it doesn't play or it skips or anything, you can send it back to them. I think they even... Uh, up to a certain amount, they'll even pay your postage to mail it back. But every record I've played so far has been perfect. And they have a great selection. Um, now, th- they say this right on the website. These are $5 records. You're not going to find the Beatles. You're not going to find, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin. But, I mean, I found Billy Joel on there. I found Paul Simon and Cat Stevens and, uh, you know, some really, really great stuff. Would you say are they used records? Is that what they are? Are they they they're not uh, brand new, just pressed records? Is that correct? So they're not brand new records. Um, the vast majority are are used, opened records, but they do sell like some that are still sealed. Right, because every now and then you'll find that right. It's still in the shrink wrap, but it's 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 used in the sense that it's you know printed thirty years ago or something like that. Right? Ex- exactly. So that's the kind of stuff you can expect to find. Um, but yeah, like, so that's another big part of my plan is, uh, to, you know, to try to fill in the blanks with some of those records. Like, you know, I can fill some shelves with some thrift store records that I probably, I will listen to and I will enjoy, but I probably wouldn't go out of my way to get, but some of those albums that I do want to go out of my way to get, you know, I I go to antique stores or I go to uh, order on $5records.com or occasionally, you know, just go to, uh, you know, uh, or order from Amazon or or go to Target or Walmart and just buy a new record. Yeah, yeah. So that's funny. It's funny what you're saying this, you know, you want to expand and have more records and in some ways and I, I you know, I I need to figure this out. Like this this is potentially a resolution for myself, which might kind of sound negative, but actually I I would I would want to frame it in the positive, which is I might have enough records. <laughs> I might be good to go for the rest of my life. Uh, now, I, I do preface this by saying I would continue purchasing new albums that come out. So like my like my favorite al- uh, artist right now is Sufjan Stevens. 
you know, I, I, you know, if, if U2 comes out with a real album as opposed to whatever tribute record they've done for themselves, um, I would probably maybe purchase a new U2 album, you know, that kind of thing. I've, so, I've, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I've not heard it referred to as a tribute to themselves. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, I don't know. It's like Tenacious D, you know, Tenacious D, they should do a song yeah. about you two tributing themselves. <laughs> you have no plans of buying the new U2 album then? Not the ones of 40 covers of songs that I've listened to since I was five years old. No. Uh... <laughs> Someone you could lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful day. And I respect what they're doing. I, I think it's great in some ways. And at the same way, in the same time, it's like, yeah, no, I don't have time for that. It really is the U2 album that nobody asked for. Yeah. And I'm not saying this negatively, but maybe my decision to not buy more vinyl has to do with like, I just have to figure out what I do have time for. And I will continue to purchase new albums that come out. But in terms of old albums, legacy albums, classic albums, I, I'm, I have so much. I have a wealth right now. Uh, my father-in-law died recently, and he had a huge classical music record collection. I could spend the rest of my life just listening to that, and I would, I would live a very good life. My life would be full of Bach and Beethoven and uh, uh, you know uh, Tchaikovsky and all this kind of stuff. I don't really even listen to classical music that much, even though I, I, I really like it. Um, so it's kind of funny that you want to you want to expand on yours. Now, there are some some bands that I want to keep filling out. Like, I, I really, really love ELO. And there's a few ELO albums that I would you know maybe want to buy more of or maybe a few Queen albums, a few Billy Joel albums here and there. Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, that those those types of classic works. Maybe I would want some more of those. But to be honest, I have five Stevie Wonder albums and I don't really listen to those as much as I should at, at all. So do I need more Stevie Wonder albums? You know, is, is the kind of the question. And uh, so so there you go. And this this actually leads into my next resolution. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. So my next resolution, and, and I'm kind of serious about this. I think maybe this is one that other people could claim as kind of something fun. Here's the question. Is there a kind of music or a, an artist, let's say, a genre of music or an artist that you've always kind of liked but you've never really taken the time to get into, right? And uh, I, I've been thinking about this for a little while, and I, I guess there's a there's a, a a genre of music that because of when we grew up in in the early to mid '80s, I I really feel at home with this genre. But when I was a kid, this was just radio music, and I never purchased these these albums myself. And so here it is for me: the the, the genre is new wave and post-punk let's say new wave post-punk music so i'm gonna i'm gonna show you one of those first and here, here's here's an album cover and when i see this album cover i don't know it just makes me i don't know it, it does something to me here you go what is this joe oh you're in this okay yeah Yeah, it's the Eurythmics. It's Annie Lennox, and uh, she has. I mean, she's she's dressed. Well, she I, I don't know. Is she dressed? Um, she might have a shirt on underneath. 
but it's it's her skin. It's it's a it's a mask. She has this fiery orangish red hair, and she's kind of doing a fist pump. And oh man, this just makes me feel like I'm I'm somewhere. I'm I'm dancing in the '80s to this, you know. It's kind of badass. I mean, she looks like a Mortal Kombat character ready to just destroy me. Oh man, I love Annie Lennox. I, I I've I've adored her for some time, and so this is one of these resolutions where it's like similar to me in my musical biographies. It's like, what are you doing? You know, do something with your life, Chris. <laughs> you know, seize the day. You you say you like Annie Lennox. You say you like the Arrhythmics. Well, it's time to make them part of your life. Okay. Uh, so anyway, here's my, I got this album for Christmas. I'm really excited to listen to it. And by the way, you and I have talked about this album covers as art. I mean, there's a few album covers. I just love to put up on my walls if I get a chance. And this, this would be one of them. I just love this album cover so much. Yeah, that's a dream. That's a, a dream of mine to have a room that's all album covers. I need more walls. Yeah. Um, yeah is, right. is, is that the first uh, Eurythmics Annie Lennox album ever that you've ever owned? It is. Absolutely. And um, I got another one, too. The one that came after this. This is the one Sweet Dreams are made of these or this. This Sweet Dreams, you know, the famous one. Sweet dreams are made of these. And so they, they're, these albums are back to back. And so I just kind of, you know, I haven't really listened to these. And so it's time to immerse myself in it. I also love Annie Lennox solo albums too. So like, like that's the next step, right? And there's a whole slew of, of artists like this that I could list. Like I'd like to get into Peter Gabriel more. I want to listen more uh, into ELO, even though I don't know that we could necessarily call ELO new wave, but it's just that era, that era of music. And here's another one. Here's another one. Talking Heads. Yeah, this is a great album. That is a band I have never dived into, I have to admit. I, you know, other than, you know, like the few songs that, you know, I've heard on the radio over the years, I really know almost nothing about Talking Heads. I, I, you know, it's, this is one of these bands that I, I knew the smattering of the songs, right. You know, like yeah. burning down the house, a few of them or whatever I, I caught their, um, it was on, it was on Amazon prime, their, their documentary slash uh, concert film, stop making sense. Our next cult video is also a long playing concert film. The film is stop making sense and it features the music of David Byrne and the talking heads, but credit for the success of this movie and its cult video status must be shared. I think by the musicians with the film's director, Jonathan Demi has the good sense to place his camera right up on stage with David Byrne and his crew and simply let them perform with all the joy they possess. And what's so appealing here, as opposed to other rock concert films, is that David Byrne and the Talking Heads seem to respect their audience and their music. They don't come across as a typically angry and aloof set of musicians. Again, this is a better music video than anything you can find on MTV, so why not rent it? I love the way they love their music. You know, one of the things I love about this film is the incredible, boundless physical energy of David yes. Byrne. He runs around the stage. It must be five miles during this film. Mm -hmm. This is like uh, the Olympiad meets rock music. And the physical energy combined with the musical energy makes this whole film so upbeat and so vivifying that that's one of the reasons I really well, enjoyed this, it. I, I, you ever seen that? I have not. It was it's it's uh, directed by Jonathan Dem. Uh, I think he's he uh, ended up 
directing Silence of the Lambs, uh, you know, you know, you know, you know, movie director, it's one of the most iconic concert films. And that kind of struck me like it turned a switch in my head where I thought, oh, I get talking heads a little bit, you know, they were not around when I was growing up. And so anyway, this is my resolution, right? It's, it's kind of like this thing. I say, I like this music. Well, all right. Time to make it part of my life, I guess. And I want to immerse myself more in it. Part of this for me is in my house, we've been, we have an ongoing, you know, construction remodeling project in our basement. And so our basement right now is unfinished. It's, it's like, you know, it's a big concrete room. And the idea is to finish that in the coming months. And my hope is to set up my record player down there. I have two record players. And one is more for a communal in the house. And, and I, I have four kids. And I'll be honest with you, between them playing video games and playing and people sleeping, sometimes playing records, it's better to just not. It's actually kind of a joy killer to put on a record and there's noise and there's chaos. And I have to take the little one to the bathroom and make a snack and, and on and on it goes. So I'm hoping that I kind of get a little, a little bit of a corner, a little bit of a den in the basement where I can just sit and listen to, you know, kind of a dream of mine is sit and listen to a whole album, right? You know, just sit and do that. I, I don't do that as much as I like. And in some ways that's maybe a, a coupled with this resolution, get more into new wave post-punk, which I really like. And then also sit and just listen to albums. You know, I have to admit that uh, it is very rare that I sit and just listen. I'm usually doing something while it's playing. So like if I'm making dinner, I put a record on or if I'm, you know, like even right. sometimes if I'm sitting and reading, I'll, I'll just put some music on like low in the background. Like I yeah. do, I do occasionally, you know, we'll, we'll put an album, if it's an, especially if it's an, an, an album I really want, or if it is a, a new record that, you know, has just come out, I will make a point to sit and listen to that. But nine times out of 10, it's sort of on in the background while I'm doing a hundred other things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I think a lot of my resolutions are about finding ways to take time to really immerse myself in things, you know, you know, as we look back at the past, I think one of the things that I miss about earlier, earlier eras in my life is the deep dive. It's the ability to just sit with something. And instead of feeling the pressure to watch 200 films and, and all the new TV shows, and did I, have I watched everything that's ever come out, which, which I think maybe will relate to a, a, a later uh, resolution that we'll have instead of feeling that pressure instead to just be content with like the one thing and just immerse myself in that one thing. Like as a kid, I mean, were you obsessive about albums where it's like, I would just kind of listen to one album for a good month almost. And, you know, I would, I would, you know, scatter different albums in there, but then boy, this was like my album for half of a year. Almost. I, I would do that quite frequently. There I mean, like, you know, we talk about Billy Joel a lot, but I spent about a year of my life as a kid, just diving into every single Billy Joel album and almost nothing else, you know, for, you know, when I was 13, 14 years old, uh, after that, it was, uh, the Beatles took up a lot of the, you know, the mid to late 90s for me. And I say that not just the Beatles, but also a lot of their solo work. You know, there's so much stuff just with the Beatles that you can, you know, you can spend a lifetime, uh, you know, trying to hear it all. And so, yeah, I uh, I definitely when I was younger, especially uh, I spent a lot of time with certain records. Now I'm kind of in a place where I, I over the last few years, I've been trying to make up for some of the stuff that I missed along the way or stuff that I definitely heard, but didn't give nearly as much attention to as I wish I had. So, and we've talked about this a lot. I don't, 
I don't buy a ton of new music, but I, I do buy music that uh, is new to me that, you know, I, you know, is older or that I'm familiar with. Right. And, and, and even that is part of that. I think it's that like uh, trying to, it's almost like a, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm in my forties and I've only got so much time I've to, to try to cram all this in. And it's like a making up for lost time kind of thing. And so in some ways, the idea of listening to a lot of new music is almost, it's like, that's great. I would love to, and maybe I'll get there in a few years, but right now I I've just got too much of a backlog and uh, it's like, no, it's just too much to add like another new artist <laughs> in. Uh, God bless them. I, you know, I hope I wish them all the best. But right now I need to focus on, you know, 70, 80 years of, of, uh, of records that I haven't heard. Uh, we're backlogged and we're front logged. Right. You know, I mean, it's just it's just we're, we're logged. Um, <laughs> um, I would say. I I do have uh, Paramore's new album. I pre-ordered it, so I'm excited about that as a new album that's coming out. I mean, I highly recommend listen to some of their singles. It's a fun. It sounds like it's going to be a really fun album. I also bought uh, Brandy Carlisle's latest album as well, and uh, haven't listened to it yet. Uh, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I, lo- I love both of those artists, Brandy Car- Carlisle, Haley Williams uh, with Paramore as well. So you know, there's just yeah, there's just too much. Well, what other like is there any other new wave stuff that you have picked up or you want to pick up? Well, you know, it's actually I was talking to a friend today and he was talking a little bit about new wave. And it's again, it's it's another um, thing about saying there's just too much out there. I, I asked him about the cure and who they were. And he said that they were kind of like a post punk. And I thought, well, I kind of like to get into the cure. I kind of I kind of like that kind of music a lot. Um, I'm also very interested in I don't think this is new wave. Uh, what is it? It's it's a electronic synthesizer music. I I want to get more into Kraftwerk and Neu, which are these two German bands, and I just love stuff like that too. I love analog synthesizer music. I I, I want to listen to to Brian Eno's. I lo- I, I want to get more into Brian Eno. I mean, what do we do? <laughs> like sitting here right now, I'm, I'm just I'm just getting I'm getting anxious. I'm getting sad and anxious because it's like, how am I going to get to everything, Joe? And it's just funny. I, I I at the end of the day, I just have to lighten up a little bit, right? <laughs> Uh, but you know? yeah, that's the thing because there's a part of it that is just acceptance, and there is a point yeah. at, at which we have to accept we are never going to get to everything we want to get to. And one of the things, and you've said this for years, and I remember uh, us talking about, and, and we've already mentioned him a lot on this episode, and that's Bob Dylan. Well, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it would take me the rest of my life to yeah. listen to everything that Bob has put out. I I would have to. If I took a year off of everything else, including yeah. like probably like movies and books and all other musicians, and I only listened to Bob Dylan, maybe this year I could cram it all in and yeah. I would have to work at it. And who has that time? Yeah. I love you, Bob. <laughs> I, I do. But I'm I, I have had to accept that I, I'm a Bob Dylan fan who does not know every Bob Dylan song and probably won't. Yeah. You know what we should do next year? We should make a resolution. Both you and I should just fully immerse ourselves in his self-portrait album. Oh, okay. That's what we should do. We should just make a pledge. We're like, that's going to be our album. We're going to listen to nothing but self-portrait for like three months. Or <laughs> I thought you were going to suggest listening to everything he did. I was like, ah, this, no. this is just going to become a Bob Dylan podcast. There he goes, Bob Dylan podcast. Now, the reason I say self-portrait is because think of... Uh, there are so many obscure Dylan albums 
that people just don't even like get to, or maybe like the basement tapes with the band, right? You know, like they, they yeah. Oh, you know, that's what we could do. The, the thing about Bob is he's so insane. It's like, you know, he releases these bootleg series, and so now it's like he has an album, and then he has like three or four more albums behind the out al- the main album, and so it's it's like it's exponential growth. I mean, who does he think we are? You know, how does how does he think we have enough capacity to care? But uh, but there you go. <laughs> no, I, I, I I'll let's do it. I'm I'm down for it. But next year, well, yeah, next year we'll do it. We'll do it next year. Well, we are going to pause here in the middle of our resolutions and come back next week with the second half of all of our New Year's pop culture resolutions. We hope you join us. We hope you enjoyed these ones. Uh, Joe, we we are eager for some some audience interaction here. Where where can they find us? Because uh, we want to hear from you. You know, maybe there might be time for for us to read your uh, letter on air, depending on if we get it, uh, your tweet, uh, some some kind of comment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, what are your pop culture resolutions? What are some some things you want to bring back into your life? Some things that you want you've been wanting to try that you haven't quite gotten there. And, uh, and so maybe you can make a pledge, you can make a commitment and you can actually make it, make it happen in this, this new year in 2023. Joe, where, where can they find us? They can find us all over social media. Of course, we're on Twitter at past future pod. We're nostalgic future podcast on Facebook and Instagram and on YouTube. Uh, you can email us at nostalgic future podcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line. We really do want to hear what are your pop culture resolutions thanks so much for joining us this week and we will see you soon thanks for listening to the nostalgic future podcast we'd love to hear from you drop us a line at nostalgic future podcast at gmail.com we may just read your letter on an upcoming show Follow us on social media, Nostalgic Future Podcast on Facebook, and at Past Future Pod on Twitter. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review to help support what we do. Until next time, remember, the past is the only way forward. Here's some of the most popular New Year's resolutions. How many of these have you made? How many of these will you break? Number one, spend more time with family and friends. Recent polls show that more than 50% of Americans promise to appreciate loved ones and spend more time with family and friends this year. Number two, exercise more. Number three, lose weight. Number four, quit smoking. Number five, enjoy life more. I'm going to try that one. Number six, quit drinking. Number seven, get out of debt. Number eight, learn something new. Well, that's easy if you keep listening to Theme Time Radio Hour. Number nine, help others and volunteer. Well, I think we talked about that. And number ten, I've got this somewhere around here. Oh, here it is. Get organized.